The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. As always, I am surrounded by a cacophony of fantastic cigars and libations and outstanding meat products. I am not ashamed. I am not abashed in any way to proudly live the alpha male lifestyle. And that, of course, means fantastic cigars. Exceptional spirits, lovely dames, and never in a million years succumbing to the evils of political correctness. Oh, I've got some examples of political correctness today that, as always, will make your head spin. We have an action-packed show for you today. The only thing I ask, you do not allow any enemies of pleasure within a one-mile radius and get ready to enjoy the Alpha Male Good Life. Long-ash greetings and salutations, a long-ash snappy salute, semper delictatio. Always pleasure, long live the Alpha, make America great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. And if you care to follow us on social media, Twitter is my number one my number one social media platform, but I am doing a better job of doing Facebook and Instagram and all the other ones as well. At Cigar Dave Show for Twitter, Facebook uh, is Cigar Dave. Same thing with Instagram. Just go to CigarDave.com, upper right-hand corner. You can check out all the different platforms and follow me everywhere. Also, you will find the pictures of the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line that took place Two weeks ago. I cannot believe it's been two weeks. You know, it just really this week is when I finally recovered. I mean, we had such a phenomenal time. We were on such a huge high between just being surrounded by fellow alphas and some lovely dames. A great day. The airplanes, the cigars, the food. Uh, just in general, a fantastic weekend. It really took me... Geez, probably about 10 days to really uh, get, get back to terra firma, back to ground uh, earth. But great to have everybody in. And again, if you haven't heard the show, go to CigarDave.com. You'll see all the pictures there. Really a fun event. And we've got some other events planned as well. We will get to that down the road. Uh, I caught this because I, this, I think, affects all of us that of our certain age. I think if you are above the age of 40, then maybe even 35, but if you're above the age of 35, 38, you grew up where Playboy, getting your first Playboy magazine was big. That was like a rite of manhood. I mean, 
yeah, I had my bar mitzvah, and you're 13, they say you're a man. No, no, no. You're not really a man until you get your first, buy your first Playboy. And I'll never forget, uh, you know, get my first Playboy. I don't know how, what is it, 15, whatever I was. And, uh, of course, wanted to make it like I was very intellectual. Oh, I read the articles, the great interviews. Actually, the cartoons are pretty good, but the pictures were better. But Playboy lost its cachet value. And I remember I thought it was pretty cool when I subscribed for the first time. And I said, oh, yeah, I subscribed to Playboy. I was like, man, I am man about town. And, you know, friends were like, no way, really? I'm like, oh, yeah, I subscribe to Playboy because the articles and very intellectual and, uh, you know, of course, the pictures as well. And it's really a man's man's magazine. And, of course, you know, my, my fellow uh, buddies were like, really? No kidding. Oh, my God, you got to bring that in. And, of course, you know, you bring it in after school, show everybody and for the articles, of course. But Playboy had this cachet value. You had the Playboy bunny. I remember at Buffalo where I grew up, the Playboy club came in and I got VIP passes and took my buddies. And they were like, I was like a god. I, mean, I was like one of those, uh, those uh, astronauts from the 1960s and 70s, the Apollo astronauts, the Mercury, the Gemini. These guys were mythical gods. Friends would be like, no way. Let me see that. Oh, my God, you've got a VIP key to Playboy. And strolling in like you, you know, you were worth 100 million bucks. You felt like you were worth a billion bucks because, hey, everybody wanted you walking around. And my buddies were like, oh, my God, he's the man. And Playboy just had this certain cachet. And then Playboy started to really decline. It didn't have the cachet. Then you started to see Maxim and FHM and these other magazines where they didn't really do nudity, but it was a hipper, trendier, cooler magazine than Playboy. And then, of course, I graduated from Playboy to Penthouse because, let's face it, Penthouse showed more. And Penthouse was, you know, play, people would be like, ah, Playboy, that's nothing. Penthouse, that's the magazine. But Playboy for years and years was the de facto men's magazine. And it was a lifestyle. We always talk about on this show the lifestyle, the alpha male lifestyle. Enjoying cigars and spirits and traveling. Enjoying your dames. Grilling. Doing alpha male pleasure maneuver activities. We work hard. We want to enjoy our life. But it was that Playboy lifestyle that, hey, it's okay to be a man's man. It's okay to like women, to look at hot women. Well, Playboy lost its cachet value, and Hugh Hefner didn't relinquish the reins soon enough. He went to the very end, and let's face it, people, boy, men that are in their 20s, 30s, they don't want to hear from a guy that's now 90-plus years old. And his taste, he never could change with the times. You know, they, they always say, Marv Levy had a great saying, the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. You have to change with the times, or the times will change you. Hugh Hefner never changed with the times. The times changed him. He never adapted, never foresaw how the magazine was changing. He still wanted to run a 1960s, 1970s style of magazine. And its day had passed. Well, Saw this article in the Wall Street Journal. Playboy may stop publishing a print version of its once revolutionary, dynamic, cutting-edge magazine due to tumbling readership. And let's face it, does anybody read... Do anybody, who reads magazines anymore? I don't buy any magazines. I remember before getting on an airplane, I'd buy this magazine and that magazine. I don't do that anymore. Everything is digital and then get things online with Wi-Fi, but I don't buy the magazines. Now, there's certain magazines that I subscribe to, and I still just buy them, I get them digitally. 
I'm a big aviation fan, so I love Flying Magazine and some of the other uh, men's type magazines that I, I, I still like to use this for show material. I get it on my iPad. But who buys magazines anymore? They're just not as hip as they once were. And now you don't have to wait for a magazine to come out. You go to a website and things come out instantaneously. Well, private equity firm Rizvi Traverse, which owns a majority of Playboy Enterprises, wants to dump the magazine and focus on licensing the Playboy name along with the widely recognized Bunny logo and do other brand partnerships. They want to focus on the world of Playboy, which they believe is far larger than just a small legacy print magazine. And the deal was that when this equity firm, this private investment firm, Rizvi Traverse, bought the majority of Playboy back in 2011, when they got, gained majority control uh, to take the company private, it was public at the time, wanted to take it private, there were two parts of the deal. One is that Hugh Hefner could live in the mansion until he was no longer living. And two, the magazine would stay in print until Hugh Hefner was no longer alive. Or while Hugh Hefner was alive. Well, well, clearly when Hugh Hefner passed away, uh, I believe it was what, last year? That triggered the clause where they could sell the Playboy Mansion and they could kill the magazine. Now, you'll remember, in 2016... Playboy magazine stopped publishing nude images of women. They said that, that the millennials, that younger people didn't want to see that. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. I think men want to see beautiful naked women. But I think part of the women they were putting in, Hugh Hefner didn't really adapt to the times and the women weren't as hot as they once were. Well, they changed that last year. But now it looks as though there's not going to be any more nude women. Now, the question is, do they still maintain the Playboy.com website with some sort of pictorial and some sort of uh, the Playboy bunnies and some sort of, you know, with, with articles and so on. That remains to be seen. But think about this, growing up, how Playboy was the bomb. We all wanted to be that Playboy life, live that Playboy lifestyle. We wanted to be Hugh Hefner. Every young lad, every male, every alpha American wanted to be Hugh Hefner. And have three, four, five dames, have those hot dames in the grotto walking around naked with the celebrities all around and be the man. He wanted to be TM, Bravo Tango Mike, be the man. Or we could say be the man with a D. Every kid, every, everybody I knew wanted to be Hugh Hefner. Now, how many of you would, could honestly say, over the last 20 years, since the 80s, say, yeah, I want to be Hugh Hefner. Not one. Because he became a character of himself with the, you know, the, the, the Gilligan's hat or the, the captain's hat and these women that were, you know, very young and he's like in his late 80s, 90s. Come on. No way in the world was Hugh banging any of those dames. That wasn't happening. Now, he should have passed the torch on to his son a long time earlier, but he just could never do it. So what happened was the magazine and the, the brand just kept declining, declining, declining. And I'm not so sure if that Playboy bunny in that world of Playboy, even if they license it, is going to have that same cachet that it once did. But for those of us that remember Playboy back in the heyday, when we all wanted to be Hugh Hefner, when we all loved looking at those hot playmates, and I wanted to open up that centerfold and just say, woo, man, hot, would love to, to 
tap that. Those days are long gone. So it looks as though that once iconic magazine Playboy is about to go six feet under. Get the latest cigars, hand-picked by the General, each month, delivered straight to your door. When you join the Cigar Dave Officers Club for just $22.95 a month, you'll receive three premium cigars in a customized Ziploc Cigar Dave pouch. To join, go to CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. The Cigar Dave Show is available 24-7, 365 via the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, iPhone, as well as Amazon Kindle. You don't need to be in front of a radio. You just need to have your mobile device ready to go. And you can listen to me take on the enemies of pleasure. Talk about the alpha male good life as we talk cigars, spirits, diversions, grilling, everything associated with the alpha male good life. So go download the Cigar Dave mobile app today, presented by Diamond Crown. And you can listen to the show live, noon to 2 Eastern time, anywhere around the world. And as soon as the show is done, we run a continuous loop. The show is also available on demand. Also our Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and the ability for you to record a message and send it directly to us. So go right now, if you've got an Android, an iPhone, or the Amazon Kindle, Go and download the Cigar Dave mobile app presented by Diamond Crown. Never miss a minute of a Cigar Dave show with a Cigar Dave mobile app. Cigar, check. Steak, check. Adult libation, check. Hot stacked dame with nag feature disengaged, check. Proceed with Cigar Dave Pleasure Maneuvers. And I should add, a cup of freshly ground and brewed hot coffee. Mmm. Ah, check. Very, very nice. Of course, served in fine china, not in a paper cup. You would not expect it. You can hear that, actually. And a cup and saucer. That's how we do it. That's how alphas do it. That's how we roll five-star quality all the way. This past Wednesday, February 14th, Valentine's Day, there was a uh, hearing with Office of Management, uh, OMB, Office of uh, Management Budget, um, Mick Mulvaney, talking about the House budget for fiscal year 2019. 
And Congressman Mario Diaz-Balart of South Florida, Republican of South Florida, talked with Director Mulvaney about premium cigars and FDA regulation because things have to go through the OMB. And so Congressman Diaz-Balart wanted to bring that up on behalf of many of the cigar manufacturers that are in his district. Here is the exchange. I want to go talk to you about a, an industry that has a rich history in South Florida, the cigar industry. Uh, it has been struggling in the face of excessive burdensome regulations imposed by the FDA. It is my understanding, Mr. Director, that the FDA is currently reviewing these regulations and plans to release an advance notice of proposed rulemaking in the coming months. So if I may very quickly, uh, how is your office going to work to ensure that the FDA's decision on the topic is supported by appropriate cost, benefit, and regulatory flexibility analysis? Uh, and also, uh, I would be grateful if you could have some folks from your team reach out to my team to make sure that that's, in, in, in fact, going to be happening. So kind um, of pose it as a as a question or as a, uh, as a statement, but if you'd like to try to address that, please. Uh, thank you, Congressman, and uh, I've enjoyed talking to you about this before, and I was just checking behind me to make sure that this was not an OIRA, similar to the, um, the DME question that came up, but it appears that it is not. Um, so it looks like it's still over at the FDA. We have absolute confidence that the FDA is going to apply the administration's sort of new standard when it comes to cost-benefit analyses, which is that we're actually going to do them. Um, and they, we hope to actually have science and numbers behind them as opposed to the qualitative type of analyses that was done by the previous administration. I've learned a great deal about cost-benefit analyses in the last 13 months, and I've been extraordinarily disappointed to see what passed for a cost-benefit analysis under the previous administration. So I think one of the things you can count on uh, with uh, Director Gottlieb at the FDA is a much more rational approach to the process. And when it comes to OIRA, really what our job is to make sure that that's exactly what has happened. We're sort of the policy police uh, and regulatory police just to make sure that the folks are following the rules of the various agencies. We don't supplement our view for theirs. We simply make sure they've gone about it in the proper process. So we look forward um, to working with you and with, um, and with all of the, uh, the stakeholders on that issue going, to get going forward. Hey, Mr. Director, I, I, I do too as well, and I, and I agree with you that I think that we've seen a different uh, uh, change in attitude and actually looking at signs versus just uh, uh, you know, gut or, or whatever. So I, so I look forward to working with you. Well, let's hope that is the case because, uh, let's face it, the FDA regulation and cloud has been hanging over the premium cigar industry for the last probably now four years or so, five years, maybe even longer, six years, and it just seems to be going nowhere. Now, the cigar manufacturers have made their case to the FDA. They've got more support on Capitol Hill. When this all started, going back probably six years ago, the cigar industry had no representation. Really, none of the congressmen and senators knew any of the cigar manufacturers. That has changed dramatically. The manufacturers are up on Capitol Hill meeting with the senators, meeting with the, uh, the, the members of the House of Representatives, meeting with their chiefs of staff. They are informing them, and we've had multiple bills in the House and in the Senate to try to exclude premium cigars from FDA regulation. It's passed both. It hasn't come up for a, a vote. I shouldn't say it, it, it's, it's got enough sponsors, but it just has never been able to get included in any sort of uh, omnibus spending bill or any other bills that uh, the House and Senate uh, conferences can get together on and pass. And, of course, you've got a humongous bureaucracy at the FDA with the tobacco control uh, 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 group, which has, I don't know, six, seven, eight hundred people, and it's a giant 
bureaucracy. And, of course, the gent that heads the, uh, the, the tobacco policy area is an absolute zealot, Mitch Zeller. I call him Mitch Zealot. He is an absolute zealot. But hopefully things are changing, and hopefully they will under the Trump administration. We're only a year in. But hopefully we will start to see some changes. But I can tell you it has affected the cigar industry. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. And uh, it's even though cigars are coming out are great, it's still a very pessimistic. There's a dark cloud hanging over the cigar industry, no ifs, ands, or buts. And I get a kick out of the fact that we've got these bureaucracies that want to control people being able to purchase cigars, a product that adults use, that are not abused by kids, that are not marketed to kids. And then we've got a government that spends $164,000 on studying, and I quote, the intersection of food insecurity and smoking. The National Institutes of Health is spending, I'll give you, be specific, $163,638. Let's just call it $164,000 to study the intersection of food insecurity and smoking. What the hell is that? The University of Massachusetts Amherst study began this past fall examining whether people who are on food stamps have a tougher time quitting smoking. Who gives a rat's ass? Who cares? Does this something that we need to spend $164,000 on? Does it make a difference in people's lives? No. It's the dumbest thing. I could tell you what. Go, go give me a clipboard and I'll ask people four questions that are on food stamps and say, "Hey, do you want to quit whatever? I'll do it in 5 minutes for free." This is ridiculous. This is this is the BS that we see from the government. And and this is what they're saying in the study. <clears throat> Epidemiological studies have demonstrated that food insecurity is independently associated with increased odds of smoking. However, proximal factors linking food insecurity and smoking are not well understood, and research has not extended this association towards informing sensation. What whiskey tango foxtrot? What the hell? $164,000. This stupid project's going to go until August 2022. Now, you may say, well, it's only $164,000 in a budget of trillions. Sorry. That's $164,000 of our wasted taxpayer dollars that could have stayed in our pockets. Instead, a dumb study, intersection of food insecurity and smoke. You know what? This is what I would do to the study. I would rip it up and throw it in the damn garbage. Enough is enough with these bureaucrats. If you miss any of the general show, you can catch up anytime with the Cigar Dave mobile app. Presented by Diamond Crown. Listen to the most recent show simply by opening the app with our continuous replay. Or you can download a podcast of a past show. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store to get it. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. 
You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliffe, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy. It's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, earlier this week, I went in deep into the deep, deep into my humidor. Thousands and thousands of cigars. And one of the brands that I absolutely love is Camacho. And I love how Dylan Austin and his crew over at Camacho and Davidoff have really repackaged and reblended, just re-imaged the whole Camacho brand. They now the tagline is "Live Loud." It's a cutting edge cigar. Love the packaging. Just love everything about it. And one of the cigars that I, I mean, the Camacho Connecticut is a great any time of day cigar. You can't go wrong. But one of the cigars that really hit me, that I really enjoy, that I uh, pulled out. And I just love everything about the cigar, from the taste, the wrapper, the color of the band, is the Camacho Ecuador. A beautiful Ecuadorian Habana 2000 wrapper. The binder is a just a very luscious Brazilian Matafina. The filler is Corojo, Criollo Lajero, and Pela de Oro. So it's got a very nice combination, multi-country combination. Just a lot of flavor to it. Just a beautiful looking cigar. This is what I would consider a medium to medium plus cigar. It's not going to overpower you. What's unique is that Brazilian Matafina binder has a little bit of sweetness. You got a high priming uh, of the Honduran uh, some of the Honduran tobaccos and the Dominican Pela de Oro Lajero which gives you a little bit of intensity. So it's a balanced cigar. Very very nice all the way around. Just nice taste. Not going to overpower you. Just uh, some nice notes of uh, of some spice and just a, a just a pleasant cigar all the way around. The pricing on it is great. You're probably looking, oh, I think probably somewhere in the uh, eight eight and a half dollar area. Very very lovely cigar. Can't go wrong. And I have just pulled out. You know that I love the Toro. My favorite size. However, I'm going to go a little bit differently today. I'm going to go with the Torpedo, which is a beautiful looking, oh, I would say about six and a half with about a 54 ring gauge. Very nice looking uh, Torpedo. Very nice cigar. I love the color of the band. Just feels great in the hand. Incredible aroma. Mm, Fantastic. Can't go wrong. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening, double-edged stainless steel guillotine, ready to go. 
Maximum BTU flamethrowing and heat producing apparatus. From the Cigar Dave uh, Research and Development Laboratories, the guys with the white lab coats that have the pocket protectors and the glasses with the little band-aid in the middle. They're geeks. There's no question about it. That's all they do is live, breathe, and eat technology, specifically litation technology. And they, this is a, a litation device that they gave me. And uh, this is got a huge flame. And what's interesting on this one, it's got an adjustable circular device on the end that allows me to control the flame. It's only got one flame, but it's a very wide flame. It's about a half an inch, but I can really press that. Got a, uh, a, a little, almost looks like a, a trigger to hit big tank. They haven't come up with a name with this yet, but looking at this thing, I like call, this to me looks like the Titan. This is, I would call this the Cigar Dave R&D Titan, because it looks like a giant Titan. It just looks humongous. So that's what I will use today on my Camacho Ecuador. Cigar, Cigar pre-litation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut, as always. No mess, no fuss, just a nice even cut. Rid of this. Bring my ashtray over here. Actually, I've got a beautiful diamond crown ashtray that uh, I have, similar to the ashtrays that were sold at the Alpha Pleasure Fest that were on all the tables. All right, let me toast the foot of this cigar, and I'm taking my time. I'm going to keep the flame about oh an inch or so away from the foot of the cigar. I do not want the flame to touch the foot of the cigar or the tobaccos. I'm just taking my time. Hear me toasting it. Now I'm toasting the filler. Okay, now I will puff and rotate. Holding the cigar at a 45 degree angle down from my mouth, the litation device about an inch, inch and a half or so away. Great draw. Hmm. It's nice. Oh, the cigar. Even love the torpedo size. And I'm a Toro fan, but I like this torpedo. It brings the flavor, the intensity of flavors, right to the head of that cigar. Mm. All right, fire off. Take a few puffs. Blow on the foot of the cigar, even amber glow. I am ready for my libationary accoutrement. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Well, truth be told, this cigar is so damn good, I don't want to take it out of my mouth. But I'm going to have to. All right, one of the, well, I wanted a spirit that would pair nicely with this Camacho Ecuador, medium, medium plus, that was going to have a nice flavor, was not going to be overpowering. And one of the spirits that we feature from at our Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line two weeks ago was Brugal Rum. Now, I've heard of Brugal, but I was really not overly familiar with Brugal. It is made in Republica Dominicana. And in 1888... Brugal Rum was founded by Don Andre Brugal Montaner to found Brugal Rum in Puerta Plata on the northern coast of the Dominican Republic. Five generations have run Brugal over 130 years, and only family members can become a Maestro Ronero. Got to be part of the Brugal family, a fifth generation. And so I have pulled out the Brugal Añejo. Añejo in Spanish to English means aged. 
So this is aged in ex-former uh, bourbon barrels, American oak cask bourbon barrels. And their distillation process removes many of the heavy alcohols that other rums leave in. So you got a nice, clean, very smooth spirit. It's not overly sweet, but just very, very nice. I'm going to open this up, and I'm going to pour that. I got to tell you, I was very, very impressed. And I remember initially when we looked at the list, when we were working with Republic National Distributing, who uh, graciously provided all of the spirits, and John Struther, who is their, uh, their, their Central Florida manager, and we're talking about different spirits, and he said, General, we got the McAllen, we got the Highland Park, we're gonna do some tequila, but I wanna do some Brugal rum. I think you're gonna really, really enjoy it. And I said, hey, no problem. Let's give it a try. Let's see what we can come up with. I was not familiar. Blown away. The color on this is a nice amber, bright and clean. Night uh, on the nose, little hints of wood. A little bit of uh, almost an espresso type of note. Let me say cheers. Take a sip. Mmm. Mmm. Oh, yeah. Wow, very nice. Now, they also make a, what they call their Extra Dry Supremo, which is unaged, a white rum. That's great if you're making pina coladas or other beverages, but when you want a nice rum that you can put in a snifter, a sipping rum, this Brugal Añejo, very, very impressive. In fact, next time I get to the Dominican Republic, I'm going to want to learn, I'm gonna find out where their uh, distillery is, because I would absolutely love to go visit them but just fantastic. And again, you can make some great libationary cocktails. You can make a Cuba Libre, a mojito, a ginger and lime. There's something called a Santo Libra, which is very popular in República Dominicana. What you do is you take uh, four ounces of lemon-lime soda, Diet Sprite or Sprite or 7-Up. You put in some fresh lime juice, a wedge of lime, and then you pour in the Añejo and ice, fill it to the brim, and you have yourself a absolutely lovely, lovely libation. The Santo Libre. In fact, maybe we'll have to do that in the next couple of weeks, but I'll take another sip here. Mm. Take a puff of my Camacho Ecuador. Oh, and if I do not sound like I'm in a hurry, it's because I'm not. This is what you need to savor. We work hard during the week. We're pulled in 18 different directions. So when I have the time to light a cigar, pour myself a libation, kick back, why rush it? I mean, why rush the litation? Why rush the whole process? Take your time. Hmm. Absolutely magnificent. All right, when we return, First, I hope that your cigar is properly lit. You have your libation poured. You are properly prepared wherever you may be. By the way, we're not, we are now, hard to believe, we are past the midway point of February. So we are getting close to spring. I mean, before you know it, look, snow could, I remember before I graduated at Syracuse in May of 1986, May 11th of 1986, like three days before we had dusting of snow. So you never know. But I think we are past, hopefully past the, the really bad weather portion of winter. So those of you that live up in the Northeast, the Midwest, the Pacific Northwest, 
middle part of the country, you can get ready to uh, fire up that grill and enjoy a cigar, cocktail, libation, some great delicacies outside. Not quite yet, but we are getting there. All right, when we come back, I am jammed. I've got I got a whole bunch of I don't even know where I'm going to start here because I've got so many ways I can go. Some ways that'll make your head scratch your head, other ways that you'll be on the floor rolling over. But I will decide when we come back. Tons more coming your way on the Cigar Dave show. Stay right there. Check out the all-new CigarDave.com. Get info on the cigars and libations the general enjoys during the show. Get recipes from the pooch pit and drink cocktails, too. You can listen to the show on our 24-7 stream or download the latest podcast to listen to anytime. Get it all at CigarDave.com. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about, it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next? How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yet costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Genius! <laughs> Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. Cigar Dave's health recommendation. Include ample amounts of wreckage and stackage in your daily diet. Screw the fruits and vegetables. You know, that's a great seg into a story that I was going to hold until the next hour, but I may as well bring it up now, talking about wreckage and stackage, but not in a good way. This was in the New York Post earlier this week. Headline, more and more men are getting... Moob jobs. Moob stands for men's boobs. Moob jobs. 
And men with man boobs, or the official medical term is gynecomastia, a health condition that leads to breast gland tissue growth, and men are increasingly turning to breast reduction surgery to combat the issue. Yes, man boobs, not ideal. Do not want to have that. And whatever the cause, it seems that more and more men are getting this done. It's one of the more popular procedures on men. And so if you suffer from this issue, for about 3500 bucks and a couple hours, they will take uh, do some liposuction on the mubular area, and you will be good to go. Personally, I prefer increasing the size of females. I guess we could call it bubular areas, the rackage and stackage. I mean, the more rackage and stackage, the better. But when I saw a picture of this, I said, this is not... Actually, I thought it was a woman at first, because they showed a guy that suffered from uh, this gynecomastia. Not very good. Uh, Sergeant Steve... Didn't, didn't Mick the Brit have a moob job recently? I, I don't know. I, I just saw and I was noticing he looked like a bumblebee last time. I'm just looking at the picture that we had on, on CigarDave.com, and I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm wondering if maybe Mick, uh, maybe Mick had a moob job and didn't tell us. So, he, so you're saying a bumblebee, not a wasp, he is? Yeah, well, somebody said, well, it's a yellow jacket, which can look like that. Listen. No, Mick, he, said, that. You, Mick said that. It's not somebody. Mick said that. Well, but I received somebody on uh, an email that said, well, General, wait a minute. He, he does look more like a, a, a yellow jacket, and they, they have the yellow and the, you know, the, the thing. But I'll tell you what. Why don't we put up a picture? Let's put up Mick and then a yellow jacket and, a, and, a, and a, uh, a, like a bumblebee. And you tell me if he doesn't look more like a bumblebee than he does a yellow jacket. He looks like a bumblebee. Not very good. But um, actually looking at that shirt, it looks like Mick needs a moob job in that shirt. That or get one size more, as I told him. I'm like, Mick, a little size up would probably I didn't know they made it too small for him. Well, they do it. Boys too small. I said, Mick, you're working your way up to a men's extra small. Now he's at a boys, but maybe we'll get him into the men's department. And happy birthday to Mick yesterday. That's right. A happy birthday to Mick the Brit. That is exactly correct. I'm sure he had some fine cigars and some fuel, as he likes to say. Some fine libationary... uh, uh, alcohol liquid related uh, maneuvers. All right, this is a classic. How many times have we seen emasculated men get told what to do by their girlfriend, their wife, whatever? How many times have we seen men like led around by the leash? It's pretty pathetic, actually. Well, I see this headline. I'm reading this, and this was from a British paper. College girl gets her boyfriend Call of Duty for Christmas but makes him sign a contract that he won't stop paying attention to her. Ashley Davidson bought her boyfriend, Blake Perry, a copy of the Call of Duty game, a video game. But part of the deal was when she gave it to him, she drew up a list of five rules that he had to sign before she gave him the game. Now, Blake Perry decided to sign on the dotted line. Personally, I would have looked and said, give me the game. I'm not signing anything. This is a load of bull. Well, he did sign the little agreement she had made, but he later tweeted out a picture of the contract with the caption, little does she know these rules will be broken. Well, that's fine and dandy. That's fine and good, but why even sign it? You as an alpha need to look and say, listen, if you're going to give me a gift dependent on me signing some cockamamie agreement, then I'm not interested. Take your game and take your ass and leave. 
you're out of my harem. But instead, he signs this. Now, somebody gives you a gift, gives you a video game. She should have said, hey, enjoy it. Go to your man cave, play the game, enjoy it. Not putting any sort of string. So let me read you this agreement that this woman, Ashley Davison, had her boyfriend, Blake Perry, sign. And it says, rules for your new gift. One, if I call you, you must pause the game and talk to me with full attention. Two, no starting another match if we are planning to hang out or I ask to hang out. Three, you must ask if it is okay for you to play while I'm over at your house with you. Make sure I have something to do while you are in battle. Four, you must reply to a text no longer than 11 minutes. Five, do not forget to give me just as much attention. And at the bottom it says, I, Blake Perry, will follow these rules, and in return, I will be enjoying my new game and loving my girlfriend at the same time. But if I do not follow these rules, my girlfriend, Ashley Davison, can take this game away from me at any time for the rest of my life. So I will follow these rules and not forget about my girlfriend. And this schmuck signs this. Now I'm looking at her. She's okay. I mean, you know, not like a 10 or anything. No, I wouldn't add her in my hair. Miss Kate would probably not even give her a second interview. But first of all, if I call, she says, you must pause the game, talk to me with all your full attention. Well, sorry, if I'm going to be in the game, then I'll put you, I'll call you back when I have my, when I can talk to you. You must reply to a text within 11 minutes? Where the hell did you come up with that nonsense? And this is a mistake that men make very early in relationships. So alphas, pay very close attention to me. Get up to the speaker, raise the volume, get up to your iPhone or your Android or next to your radio or if you're in a car, crank it up. This is very, very important. The biggest mistake you can make early on in a relationship is when your new squeeze girlfriend texts you, you respond immediately. Because what will happen is she will expect you thereafter to reply to her immediately. So if she texts you now, ding, pretend you just get a text. And you grab your phone and she says, uh, where are we going for dinner tonight? And you text her back, we're going to Morton's Steakhouse. Instantly, she will expect you to reply to her and text immediately. Big mistake. Because what will happen is you will then get busy, something will happen, you'll be in a meeting, you'll be traveling, you won't reply, and then all of a sudden, you'll start getting another text three minutes later. Did you forget about me? Five minutes later, where are you? Are you out with someone? Ten minutes later, I'm coming to find you. Where are you? Twenty minutes later, what is going on? Now you're freaking me out. This will go on and on and on. They will want you at their beck and call. Now, I would have never in a million years, I would have taken this paper, this contract, and I would have looked and I would have said, here you go, sweetheart. <laughs> I'm not signing it. Give me the freaking game or be on your way. Or I'll call you an Uber for a one-way ticket out of town and out of my life. Stupid. And I don't care if he says, oh, I'm going to break the rules. You don't sign it. You, as the alpha, stick it right back in her face and say, I'm not signing this. You're not going to dictate terms on a gift you're going to give me. And men... Boys, pay very close attention one more time. When you get into a new relationship with a dame, add a dame to your harem, a guma, a girlfriend, why, whatever. Don't dare text her immediately. Let her wait a few minutes. 
Get her in the mode that you are not going to drop everything you are doing. Failure to heed my five-star advice will cause you massive problems and pain down the road. Listen to this five-star. I have you as an alpha male number one priority. We'll continue. Hour two next. The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown. As you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Well, just as I stated at the concluding conclusion of our number one, I received an email from one of our alphas who said, General, you are exactly right about tweeting back to women early on. I made the mistake early. New girlfriend replied to her immediately the first dozen or so times. Then I was in a business meeting, and all of a sudden, I get bombarded with about 30 texts. Where are you? What's going on? Are you out with somebody else? Men, alphas, as I said. This five-star is the global alpha male-in-chief. As the global five-star general, my job is to guide you in the alpha male lifestyle. My job is to make your life easier. Sign a prenuptial so you don't get caught after a divorce. Don't text women immediately or you will get into that permanent trap. Again, I am here to transform you from wussified betas into nads of steel testosterone-laden alpha males, USDA-certified alpha males. So follow what I am saying. Welcome back, hour number two. As always, don't forget CigarDave.com. 24-7, we live in, uh, in cyberspace and social media Twitter at Cigar Dave Show, Facebook Cigar Dave, and uh, Instagram Cigar Dave. All of our social media platforms at CigarDave.com. Pictures are up. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest. Already getting emails from people. General, when is the Buffalo Alpha Pleasure Fest? Don't know yet. I have to recover from the Tampa Alpha Pleasure Fest. We have some other things we're looking at, but uh, we'll see what goes on. So, in any event, we will get to that. Now, as you know, as a supporter of uh, President Donald J. Trump, and I don't agree with everything he does or everything he says, but I think he's overall doing a good job. I do at times. Uh, sometimes I, you got to call him out when I disagree with things. But overall, I'm very pleased at where the country's going. I'm pleased we have an alpha in the White House, in the Oval Office. I like the fact that on the, uh, the, the, the deal for DACA, he said, okay, you guys want DACA? No problem. I'll call your bluff. We'll give you DACA, but I want $25 billion for the wall and border security. We're going to end chain migration, and we're going to end this uh, this visa lottery where we let anybody in, just uh, randomly pick somebody out of a hat. And now, if the Democrats were truly serious, the truly serious Democrats, they would say, you know, Mr. President, fine, we are for the DACA. 
We wanted 600000 You gave us $1.000,000. Fine. We're willing to end all this stuff. He called their bluff. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And the Democrats now are saying, nope. Uh, we, we're, we're willing to give you $25 billion over 10 years. Yeah, good luck with that. Not going to happen. But we don't want to ch- cut chain migration and the lottery. Well, it's not. A, it's a non-starter. And Donald Trump, President Trump, will win on this issue because he will go to the American people and say, "Hey, they wanted six hundred thousand. I gave them more, one point eight million more than President Obama, and what the the taxocrats and the Dems wanted. And in return, this is what I want. That's how a deal is made. Ah, this is a different president. This isn't the uh, the nadless, wussified George W. Bush, or 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 George H. W. Bush." This is a different president. He's not going to roll over. He's going to look and say, listen, this is the deal. I'm willing to do this, but we're going to end this immigration problem. Remember, Ronald Reagan signed a deal, and the mass immigration, illegal immigration kept flowing. President Trump, too smart. Not going to fall for that nonsense. So if they don't get a deal done, no problem. It's going to disintegrate, and he can blame the Dems. And by the way, his poll numbers are going up, up, up. People like the tax bill. People like that they're going to have more money. All these companies are bringing jobs back, more money into the Treasury. Bottom line is, he is on the, if he can stop the nonsensical Twittering, and, he, and he's tweeting, and he seemed to have done that, I think he's going to be fine. Even, again, even with the, the absolute lib media attacking him. I mean, look, what happened this week was a tragedy down in Parkland, Florida. And ser- the, the, the shooter, this kid, had serious, serious mental issues, and, and there may be other issues, uh, but... When the president makes, I thought, a nice speech, comforter-in-chief type speech, then all of, of course, you've got the Comey News Network, uh, the, the Clinton News Network, you've got BS, NBC coming out saying, well, the president, just not a very good, not an effective comforter-in-chief. Baloney. Absolute baloney. But what is interesting is this article, I'm leading into this, this article that I wanted to lead up to, this story in this, uh, this hour of the Cigar Dave Show. This was in the, this was reprinted. This was initially in the Charlotte Observer, and I, we caught this in the Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay Times column. I detest Trump, but a redneck fix my Prius with zip ties. Now, as soon as I read this, as soon as I saw the headline, my, my imagination is, if this is a woman, this is probably going to be a woman that has, wears no makeup, scraggly hair, like a gray hair that looks like it hasn't been washed in about 10 days. Um, very artsy-fartsy, wearing Birkenstocks, hair under the pits, facial hair, goatee, mustache, sideburn action, really nothing to look at. Driving a Prius, it's probably like a 10-year-old Prius and, you know, one of these crunchy granola people that probably has solar panels and, you know, basically uh, 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 eats... Uh, you know, shops at one of these like uh, these 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 natural food markets and eats the granola and all this other nonsensical soy-related meat products. No, no real meat. I just have this image. And if it's a man, same thing. A guy wearing like a flannel shirt, scraggly beard, hunched over a little bit, like talks like this cool man, cool dude. Like you know, kind of like from the '60s. So I had to look and see, was it a male or a female? Well, it was a female by the name of Ruth Meyer, M-A-Y-E-R, Mayor Meyer, development and communications consultant in 
Charlotte, North Carolina, in the Queen City. So the column, I detest Trump, but a redneck fixed my Prius with zip ties. Okay? So let's, let's share this, share some parts of this. And as soon as it started, the first line, I said, bing! I'm telling you, I don't have to see this woman, but I know exactly what she must look like. And how do I know this? Because the first sentence states, I went to the Women's March in Washington, D.C., and I arrived home feeling heartbroken. It was the last way I expected to feel. Let me see if I can pull this woman up here. Let me pull it up here. Ruth Mayer Charlotte. Wait a minute. Let's see. Here we go. Ruth Mayer. Let me see if I can find... Actually, she's better looking than I thought. She doesn't have the gray hair. And uh, actually, she doesn't look like the crunchy granola. But she still went to the Women's March with her little pussycat hat and everything. Meow, meow. So... She says, I went to the Women's March in Washington, D.C., and I arrived home feeling heartbroken. It was the last way I expected to feel. I had spent the morning sitting on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial with my 16-year-old daughter, Catherine, whose silent tears on election night in 2016 had marked the beginning of this national nightmare for me. Hold on a second. I I need to get out a napkin because I'm a little emotional here. Hold on a second. I'm going to compose myself. Because it all began on election night in 2016. We were oh, we were hoping that Hillary would shatter the ceiling and the fireworks. Yes, thank you for playing Feelings by Morris Albert. Because my feelings are just trash right now. Feelings. Nothing more than feelings. Wait, let me let me clear up my silent tears. Trying to forget. Okay, there I'm better. Okay, I'm better. Let, let, let me take a let me take a sip of, of my rum. Aha, my Prukal rum makes everything better. Are you kidding me? Reading this, her daughter sat in silent tears on election night. I'm laughing my ass off over here. I'm about to roll over. I can just imagine this woman in my silent tears. Oh no, Hillary! Like all those, remember the the video shots. The pictures of all those Hillary supporters on election night that were like they had their hands up to their mouth, like, oh, I can't believe it. And they were crying. Was that not the most beautiful sight you ever saw? Them feeling depressed and dejected. I cannot tell you, I broke out a Partagus 160. I brought out the 40 year old Scotch. I was thrilled. I didn't get to bed till about five in the morning and got up about an hour later. Couldn't wait to get into my office and, and, and celebrate. But this woman, give me a freaking break. You have got to be kidding me. Oh, my goodness. Oh, the silent tears. I mean, it was just so tragic on our on election night. It marked the beginning of this national nightmare for me. She had insisted we drive from Charlotte to D.C. this year so that we could protest in front of the president's house. We heard all of the inspiring speakers. We relished the creativity of the posters and slogans. Being among so many like-minded people was comforting. I heard one woman say, I love being here today. It makes me feel less alone. Oh, the humanity. Oh, I can feel with all the other women wearing their pussycat hats. I wanted to be with people who shared my anger because I have been so angry. You know what? I believe we need to break out. Master thespian... Sir Davidus Generalis, or is it Sir Generalis Davidus? I cannot remember. (laughs) I wanted to be with people who shared my anger because I have been so angry about Donald Trump this past year. I have been angry at my country 
for electing this man, angry at my neighbors who support him, angry at the wealthy who sacrificed our country and its goodness for tax breaks, angry at the coal miners who believed his promises. Is this woman nuts? She's angry at her neighbor. She's angry at everything. But that's most of these feminists in general. They're angry about everything. Democrats are angry. Have you ever watched the Democrat convention every year? It's the same thing. They're angry about everything. It's always the same thing every four years. We need better jobs. We need more of this. We need more economy. The Republicans have killed everything. The country's going to hell. But meanwhile, they say this every four years. Go, go back to a convention 60 years ago the Dems had. They say the same damn things all the time. They are just angry people. I mean, to be angry at the coal miners who believed his promises? Hey, uh, he's got a huge popularity rating in, in, in West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, because he's actually delivered on those promises, dingbat. She said, my fury has been bottomless. I drink my morning coffee from a cup that says, I hate to wake up when Donald Trump is president. Are you kidding me? Here's the deal. I couldn't stand Barack Obama. Didn't like his policies didn't agree with any of his policies, destructive policies, but never in a million years would I wake up or, or use a stupid coffee mug that says, I hate to wake up when Bolshevik socialist Barack Obama is president. Are you? There's no way in, on earth I would ever do that. But this tells you how miserable these people are, these feminists, these Dems. They are the pathetic, the bottom of the barrel. I hate to wake up when Donald Trump is president, she's got on her mug. The constancy of my outrage has been exhausting, yet I have not found yet a way to quell it. Nearly each day has brought a new reason to stoke the fire. But a day with my daughter, communing with the angry and the aggrieved seemed a good way to try, wearing their pussycat hats. Meow, meow. After the march, Catherine and I hit the road in the late afternoon, feeling good. We had done our part to express our outrage. We were about 90 minutes south of D.C. when I heard a terrible popping sound. I assumed I had blown a tire and headed toward the nearest exit. The popping was followed by screeching. Were we now driving on metal? Luckily, there was a gas station right off the exit. Before I could do anything but park my gray Prius, a man rushed over. I heard you coming down that road, he said. Before I could say much, he started surveying the situation. He didn't so much offer to help us as get right to work. It turned out that I hadn't blown a tire. A huge piece of plastic under the front bumper had come loose, causing the screeching as it scraped along the road. Can you see that front bumper screeching along? I mean, is that not a beautiful sight to see a Prius? One of those uh, electric cars or whatever. What do those get like a, a thousand miles to the gallon? You know, and the, and the little the front bumper is like, you know, dragging on the road. That would be worth that would be worth paying the price of admission. I'd buy popcorn and watch that and pay to see that. But she said. A huge piece of plastic under the front bumper had come loose, causing the screeching as it scraped along the road. After determining that he couldn't cut the plastic off, he ran over to his car to grab some zip ties so that he could secure the piece back in place. He did all of this so quickly that I didn't have time to grab the prominent resist sticker on the side of my car, which suddenly felt needlessly alienating. As this man lay on the ground under my car with his miracle zip ties, I asked if he thought they would hold for four more hours of driving. Just ask any redneck like me what you can do with zip ties. Well, zip ties and duct tape. You can solve almost any car problem. You'll get home safe, he said, turning to his teenage son standing nearby. You can say that again, his son agreed. So clearly, 
She had a resist, again, I love when I see these morons with these resist bumper stickers or resist signs, and they all have the same look. It's that loser look. They haven't, uh, you know, they, they, they're, they look 30 years older than they are. They haven't had a good bath or shower in about 10 days. Crunchy granola Birkenstocks. You can pick them out 100 miles away. So clearly this guy probably had a southern accent. She assumed Donald Trump voter, because and the guy mentions he's a redneck or whatever. And again, she's got a resist sticker. I can just picture this. The whole interaction, she said, lasted 10 minutes tops. Catherine and I made it home safely. Our encounter changed the day for me. While I tried to dive back into my liberal podcast, my mind kept being pulled back to the gas station. I couldn't stop thinking about the man who called himself a redneck who came to our rescue. I sized him up as a Trump voter, just as he likely drew inferences from my Prius and resist sticker. Really? You think? You think seeing the Prius and that big resist sticker was a clue? Ding, ding, ding. But for a moment, we were just two people, and the exchange was kindness his and gratitude mine. As I drove home, I felt the full extent to which Trump has actually diminished my own desire to be kind. He is keeping me so outraged that I hold ill will toward others on a daily basis. Trump is not just ruining our nation. He is ruining me. By the end of the drive, I felt heartbroken. When my husband and I first moved to Charlotte eight years ago, I like to tell people that our neighborhood represented the best impulses of America. In our little two-block craftsman home development, we had people of every political persuasion, from liberal to moderate Republican to Tea Party, and we all got along. We held porch parties in the summer and a progressive dinner at Christmas. We put being a cohesive neighborhood above politics, almost wrapping it up here. But this year, I realized I retreated from my porch. Trump's cruelty and mendacity demand outrage and the most vigorous resistance of a nation can muster. Yet the experience with the man at the side of the road felt humbling. It reminded me that we are all just people trying to get home safe. It felt like a sign that maybe if we treat one another with kindness and gratitude that is so absent from our president and his policies, what a load of bull, putting our most loving selves forward, this moment can transform into something more bearable. I want to come away from the march with that simple lesson, but it begs this question. How do we hold onto the fire fueling our resistance to the cruelty Trump unleashes, but also embrace the world with love? I wish I knew. And that is Ruth Mayer, who is a development and communications consultant in Charlotte. And she is also a flaming lib and an angry lib. And the problem is not Donald Trump. You see, the problem is all these libs, all these feminists. Because the fact is, the American people voted for President Trump. And they don't like that. And they don't like that he's an alpha male that makes decisions with big, a big set of nads. So, to this woman with the Prius, do yourself a favor. Get over the anger, sweetheart. Get yourself, uh, have a cocktail, have a libation, fire up a cigar, throw a steak on a grill, and maybe you'll get a semblance of happiness. Probably not, but there's always hope. Get the latest cigars, hand-picked by the general each month, delivered straight to your door when you join the Cigar Dave Officers Club. For just $22.95 a month, you'll receive three premium cigars in a customized Ziploc Cigar Dave pouch. To join, go to CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. 
Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. The Cigar Dave Show is available 24-7, 365 via the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, iPhone, as well as Amazon Kindle. You don't need to be in front of a radio. You just need to have your mobile device ready to go. And you can listen to me take on the enemies of pleasure. Talk about the alpha male good life as we talk cigars, spirits, diversions, grilling, everything associated with the alpha male good life. So go download the Cigar Dave mobile app today, presented by Diamond Crown. And you can listen to the show live, noon to 2 Eastern time, anywhere around the world. And as soon as the show is done, we run a continuous loop. The show is also available on demand. Also our Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and the ability for you to record a message and send it directly to us. So go right now. If you've got an Android, an iPhone, or the Amazon Kindle, Go and download the Cigar Dave mobile app presented by Diamond Crown. Never miss a minute of a Cigar Dave show with the Cigar Dave mobile app. That is the great Stevie Ray Vaughan scuttlebutt. I was in Austin last June. And not far from my hotel was the uh, Texas History Museum, the Bullock History Museum. So I went over, and they had an entire, about a half floor uh, exhibit of Stevie Ray Vaughan. I'm familiar with his music, but really got a sense of appreciation for him, and uh, phenomenal. Just really a great exhibit. If you're ever in Austin, not only do they have great ribs, I mean, the, the ribs, the barbecue off the charts. Absolutely. I went to Salt Lake, very well-known place. Went to another place that was a food, uh, like a food truck that had the best ribs. I got pictures. We'll, we'll send these out. Best ribs I've ever had. Off the charts. But that Stevie Ray Vaughan exhibit, and just learning about Texas. Big state. Don't mess with Texas. Fascinating history. So whenever I go to a city or a state, I always like to learn about that particular area. That's being an educated alpha. You see, as alphas, we're not angry. As alphas, we're inquisitive. We want to learn about the world. It's the feminists and the Dems that are all angry and have to wear their pussycat hats and have to wear and, and drink coffee out of a stupid mug. Ridiculous. The General is now on Instagram. Follow him for pictures of the latest cigars, libations, and what he's enjoying during the show. <laughs> that could be interesting, and we'll have to block out some faces. Go to Instagram and search Cigar Day. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. 
Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. And the winner of the first Nobel Pleasure Prize for Outstanding Achievement in Advancing the Alpha Male Good Life is your General Cigar Dave. Now, we're talking about these dames that are angry and they're a little cuckoo. This is a classic. I see this and I said to myself, show material. Headline. Woman becomes engaged to chandelier. Now, of course, I think this is a gag. I'm thinking there's this is come on, there is no way. This was on Inside Edition. Woman becomes engaged to a chandelier. 33-year-old Amanda Liberty from Leeds, England. I wonder if Mick the Brit knows her. Proposed to the chandelier. However, she'll be continuing an open relationship with the rest of her collection of 25 chandeliers. Quote, this is what she said, you can't control who you fall in love with, and things just went from there. Explain Liberty that she saw her fiancé Lumiere on eBay last year. This woman, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. She said, I couldn't stop thinking about her and how beautiful she was. She has such a beautiful shape, and I could really... I could feel really amazing energy coming from her. Although I knew it would be tricky to get her home, I knew I needed to find a way to make her mine. None of my chandeliers are jealous of each other, she said. They understand that I love them all for their different personalities. <laughs> for example, <laughs> I love kissing and cutting, cuddling Lumiere, but I sleep with Jewel every night, and she is portable and very nice to cuddle. Okay, this woman without any question, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. She identifies herself as objectum sexual. I have absolutely no clue what the hell that means. But she says she first fell in love with a drum set at the age of 14 and was previously in a relationship with the Statue of Liberty for which she legally changed her name in 2010. Despite her love for the statue, Liberty claimed that the distance took its toll on their relationship after visiting just six times. Okie dokie. So the woman has become engaged to a chandelier. And when I heard read this, that reminded me of a great Saturday Night Live commercial parody skit. And here it is. Chandeliers. Delicate, sparkling, and bursting with class. 
Nothing says I'm loaded like a chandelier. We should know. My wife, Tony, and I have been in the chandelier business for almost two decades. We have chandeliers in every room of the house. And yes, that does include the garage. You like eating steak? You ain't eating steak until you've eaten it under a chandelier. You like drinking fine wine? Yeah, try drinking it under a chandelier. I guarantee it'll taste better. Yeah, you put a chandelier in the bedroom, that'll spice up your love life. You gotta get a chandelier. But don't take our word for it. Listen to our beautiful daughter, Lexi. Look at all these chandeliers, right? Look at this one. Look at that one. Look at this one. Look at that one. Look, are you kidding me? If you had one of these in your house, you could look like a millionaire, like the king of England, like the king of France or something. Imagine walking in your house and seeing this one, or that one, or this one. get a chandelier. So if you're ready for the high-class life, come visit us at Mike and Tony's Chandelier Galaxy. We'll throw in a free set of handsome Benoit balls with every purchase. <laughs> if you have to ask, you probably don't want them. <laughs> You gotta get a chandelier. And then they did another one with marble columns. You gotta get marble columns. But a classic like this one, or that one, or this one. So this woman became engaged to a chandelier. You gotta become engaged to a chandelier. What an absolute wackadoodle, total nutcase. We talked about the Salt Bay, which uh, uh, Nusret Gochke who is a Turkish big chef, and he slices the meat, he whacks the meat. We've talked about this. Well, one of the things I said is uh, they showed his in his restaurant he was slicing the meat, and I saw a picture, and he had no gloves on. And I'm like, I don't want him touching my cooked meat. I just don't want him doing that. Well, the New York Health Department apparently is getting involved because there is when they showed that picture in the uh, New York Post, Apparently, it caused a little ruckus because at the new Midtown Steakhouse in New York, Nusret Steakhouse, uh, now when he is out cutting the meat, he is actually wearing gloves. And according to New York's health code, bare hand contact with food ready to eat is strictly prohibited. So Salt Bay's uh, fingers, not just grazing the meats he cuts, I mean, he's doing everything. He's touching it. He's petting the meat. He's kissing the meat. He's doing all that stuff. No thank you. However, now he is wearing, in addition to all his other employees, he now is wearing gloves when he does that. Now, I don't know if the health department has gone in there, but when you go to a restaurant and he's going to slice the meat, I just don't want to have his hands, especially with flu season going around and all that other nonsense. I just absolutely do not want to have him in any way, shape, or form. All right, this is a classic. Talking about political correctness, where do I start with this one? It has gone overboard. It has gone absolutely crazy. It is beyond reproach. There is a new movie, Peter Rabbit, the cartoon, which no way in hell will I go and see. But there is a character called Mr. McGregor in the new Peter Rabbit cartoon that has a blackberry allergy. 
And there was a big backlash in one of the scenes that Mr. McGregor, who's got the blackberry allergy, was in. Apparently, <clears throat> other rabbits were throwing fruit at Mr. McGregor during the scene, and he was then forced to use an EpiPen because he has a blackberry allergy. Well, leave it to the uh, enemies of pleasure, the PC police, to come out and say, this is an outrage. This is unacceptable. That scene now being described as allergy bullying. And there's a hashtag on social media, hashtag boycott Peter Rabbit, that is trending in response. Kid with, kids with food allergies, a charity group. Like, kids with food allergies, kids against smoking. It's all these kids, kids, kids groups, and there's nothing to do with kids. These are all professionals, I guarantee you, making big money. Kids with food allergies, a charity group, posted a warning about the scene on their Facebook page, claiming that allergy jokes are harmful for their community and that making light of the condition encourages the public not to take the risk of allergic reaction, reaction seriously. And following the wave of these PC police, Sony Studios came out and apologized, stating they sincerely regret not being, made more, or not being more aware and sensitive to the issue. It's a freaking cartoon, people. It's Hollywood. Does everything have to be so damn serious does everybody in this country have to be offended at everything? It is beyond absurd. The problem right now in this country is that we have become so soft. Not you and I. Let me, let me rephrase that. <clears throat> because as alphas, in no way, shape, or form, no way, shape, or form are we soft. We have nads of steel. We don't get easily offended if somebody wants to ridicule us or whatever. We're like, okay, whatever. No big deal. We can take it. We don't go crazy. We don't have to roll over and say, oh, my God, I'm offended. Let's get a hashtag movement going on here. We do no such thing. But the problem in this country today is that everybody is so soft. It's part of this, you're a champion culture. Everybody's a winner. From the time they're kids, the parents tell them, you're a winner. You're a champion. You're not allowed to get offended. You didn't lose the game. No, no, you're just as much of a winner. We don't keep score. Even though you may have gotten trounced 100 to nothing, no, 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 you are still a winner. You are a champion just as the other team. We can't in any way, shape, or form say to any youngster today or adolescent, we can't say, hey, you know what? You lost. You didn't play well. You didn't do well. You got to do better. They do not understand today how to lose. They don't understand that not everything goes their way. They don't have the motivation to say, you know what? I didn't do well that go around, but I am now more motivated than ever to go back and go to the drawing board and work harder, and I am going to win next time I go out. That's not how it works. And the problem that we see in this country is that all these people are so blatantly soft that they are so afraid now of offending anybody, or being offended, that now every slight offensive statement or thought provokes an immediate outcry. An outcry from people that say, whoa, 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 we must stop. You, you don't realize that people have blackberry allergies or blueberry allergies. I mean, look, I'm allergic to those pussy hats that these stupid feminists are wearing, because I'm looking at it, and it, I look at it, and it just makes me my skin crawl because it's so stupid. Do I go and say, oh, we need to have a hashtag. 
Uh, what, what could the hashtag be? Pussy hats give allergies too. Come on. This is how absurd things have gotten. That now all of a sudden at a birthday party, you can't serve peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because somebody could have a peanut butter allergy, even though you offer different sandwiches and you separate them. Oh, no, we can't do that. Let me ask you this question. When you were growing up, birthday parties, was peanut butter and jelly served at almost every birthday party? You know what I remember? Peanut butter and jelly, uh, tuna fish sandwiches, and I think like turkey sandwiches were served at, or pizza, like every single birthday party. And I don't remember any one kid ever saying, I can't have that because I'm allergic to peanuts. I'm telling you it is because parents are, are just basically sheltering their children. I don't believe that we have this explosion in allergies for no reason. I think it's because people are saying, oh, no, no, no. When they're a little kid, don't expose them to peanuts. Don't expose them to blackberries or blueberries. Don't expose them to anything. Drinking out of a water hose? Forget it. Dangerous. So we have now become a country that is so ultra-sensitive that, God forbid, you say something, even if you're giving a compliment but it's perceived as a slight, then all of a sudden, you know what? You should lose your career over it. You should be called out. You should be publicly shamed. I'm sorry. It's time this nation grow a set of ads. And you know why most people, many people on the Dems find Donald Trump offensive? Why some people find me offensive? Because I'm an alpha male. The president's an alpha male. You're an alpha male. Because we're alpha males that, number one, don't sugarcoat things. When somebody asks us a question, we give an honest reply. If a woman says, does this make my ass look big? My answer is, it really does. That's not a very flattering look. You'd be better off with a skirt rather than that, that, that dress. Hey, I'm being honest. Oh, I can't believe you just said that. Well, you want an honest, you ask me a question, I'm going to give you an honest answer. The problem is people have been sugarcoating things for too long in this country. So consequently, when you do give an honest answer, people get offended. So the first thing is we're honest. The second thing is we're decisive. We're confident. Confidence and decisiveness offends many people today, many feminists. It offends betas. It offends those who are miserable, those that can't get out of their own way to make a decision. When all of a sudden you're perceived as being decisive and confident and strong, like a General Patton or Donald Trump or yours truly, then people say, whoa, 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 he's a little bit too much. You need to tone it down. I've had people say to me, hey, listen, you know, uh, when you go out uh, for this meeting, you, you got to tone it down. Don't, don't be your normal personality self. And I'm say, So I said, well, wait a minute. You want me to now go from hugely confident to lack of confidence? You want me to be from being outgoing and honest and frank uh, and worldly to being dumb and introverted and shy? That's not going to happen. If somebody cannot accept who I am, then screw them. They're the ones with the issue, not me. Just like for all of you, you're confident. You are decisive. You are all alpha males that are listening. And women, you love alpha males. You want more alpha males in your life. You don't want wussified betas. But the problem today in this country is that we have become over the last 30, 40 years emotionally very soft. We become easily offended. And the reasons I have expounded on but we need to get to a point in this country where people look and say, okay, Peter Rabbit, hey, you know where we have our allergies, but it's a cartoon. To do a hashtag, uh, here's my hashtag. Hashtag, screw that. 
because it is absolutely absurd and ridiculous. Every single thing today, just like this hashtag MeToo movement, every man is getting lumped into that. And that's unacceptable. If you're a scumbag, you treat women poorly, you sexually abuse them, you, you in the workplace, you are condescending to them, sorry. But there are cases when you have a frank discussion with a female employee, or just like any man, you know, you're in business and things get heated, then all of a sudden what? You're now, you're, 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 you're speaking to them in a condescending tone, so you're being abusive? That's another example of being soft. Women want equality in the workplace. Then when the shiatsu hits the fan and things get a little tense, they have to be able to accept that as well instead of breaking down in tears. So to these women that say, oh, we have to break the glass ceiling and we want, we want the same exact treatment in the workplace, well, if you do and you want the promotions, then so does the pressure and the stress and the conversations, even if those conversations are a little heated at times. That doesn't mean you go to HR and immediately file a, uh, a, a, human, uh, or a uh, human resources dis uh, discriminatory report against an employee. But that's the problem today. Every person is soft. Instead of a woman saying, listen, I can deal with this man, you be tough with him. If a guy gives you a lip, boom, you hit him right in the nuts. And I don't mean physically, but I'm saying, you know, in a, in a, in a mental type of uh, a state. You close the door and you say, listen, you pull that nonsense again, not going to be good for you. So don't do it again. And usually when you talk to people and you tell them and you're straight up with them, no problem. No problem whatsoever. But to immediately run to HR or to say we need to boycott or we need to jump up and down with a stupid hashtag on social media, that's absurd. This country, during World War II, every man and woman had a giant set of ads as we took on the Japanese and the Germans, the Italians, the uh, axes of evil. Today, the overwhelming majority of this country are a bunch of giant... Uh, they're wussified, they're wussified, and they all should be where the see people you see wearing those, those female pussycat hats. That's exactly what 60% of America, including beta males, are wearing today. You just don't see it. So my answer to this nonsense, Peter Rabbit cartoon, that the people with allergies getting all offensive and, oh, you're minimizing the allergies, enough with the allergies. I'm tired of hearing about peanut allergies. Somebody has an allergy, I understand that. Carry an EpiPen. Cigar Sister Lynn has an allergy, an allergy to, to bee stings, carries an EpiPen. But she doesn't jump up and down and say, oh, we've got to eliminate all bees, or I can't be in an area with bees. She comes prepared. It happens. It is time for the people of this country, whether they are youths, adolescents, young adults, adults, seniors, male, female, it is time to grow a set. It is time to stop being so easily, easily offended. You say good morning to somebody the wrong way, and if there's a few clouds in the sky, they say, well, I'm offended by that because there are two clouds in the sky. And if somebody tells me if I say something or I say to somebody, you know, i got to tell you, those shoes look great on you. Love that dress on you. I've never had somebody say, I'm offended by that. That's, that's sexual harassment because I'm doing it in a genuinely complimentary manner. I'm not patting them on the ass. I'm just simply stating it. But now when you get to that point where you compliment someone and they say, oh, that's sexual harassment. That could be deemed sexual harassment. My answer to that, screw that. The final and concluding segment of this edition of the Cigar Dave Show with giant nads of steel comes your way next. 
If you miss any of the general show, you can catch up anytime with the Cigar Dave mobile app. Presented by Diamond Crown. Listen to the most recent show simply by opening the app with our continuous replay. Or you can download a podcast of a past show. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store to get it. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about, it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next. How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yeah, it costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair, genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. I'm here with my brother Nish and my cousin Nimish, and we're talking cigars. Guess what? They want me to vote on what my favorite cigar is. It's tough, but I'm gonna go with the Decade. I love it, it's rich, decadent, and smooth. Rocky, you know what? The Decade's a great cigar, but the 15th anniversary, that's the cigar. That celebrated your 15 years in business, and I gotta tell you, it's my favorite. You know what, Nish and Rocky, you both are wrong. The best cigar is Freedom by Rocky Patel. This cigar delivers a lot of spice, a lot of flavor, and in my opinion, it's the best cigar we make. As usual, we can't agree. But guess what? There's a great cigar for everyone. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. America's Alpha Male with Nads of Steel, the General Cigar, Cigar Dave. All of us have Nads of Steel. Our mission is to get the rest of the country to have Nads of Steel, to make them stop being so soft and wussified. It is pathetic, especially when you see it in males. That's truly pathetic. I'll tell you who's not pathetic and who was not pathetic. The astronauts from the Apollo mission and the Mercury and Gemini. When I was growing up, uh, mid-60s, late-60s, early-70s, I revered those astronauts. I love those astronauts. They were mythical gods to me. I remember one year I got a, a gift, uh, a NASA space helmet, and I was saying, man, one day I'm going to be walking on the moon. I wanted to be those guys. Well, the astronaut with the longest career at NASA, of any astronaut, passed away Oh, back in January, and I couldn't get to this, but I wanted to recognize retired U.S. Navy Captain John Young, enjoyed the longest career of any astronaut, passed away at the age of 87. 
He commanded the Apollo 16 mission to the moon in 1972, flew the space, first space shuttle mission in 1981, made six space flights over the course of 42 years at NASA, walked on the lunar surface twice, ninth person to walk on the moon, retired from NASA in 2004. Rest in peace, John Young, astronaut, legend, no question about it. All right, February 2018, Officers Club selection being shipped Monday, Tuesday, it is the Gurkha Masters Select. You will love it. We'll talk more about that next week. If you're not a member of the Officers Club, go to CigarDave.com and join up. Cigar Dave, the general, saying, Mayor Humidor, always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. And America, grow a set of nads. Please stop being so easily offended. It's pathetic.